Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. It's Wednesday, January 4th, 2023. I'm Laura Ziegler filling in for Nomeen Ujiadeen. Coming up, 2022 was supposed to be the year schools got back to normal following the pandemic. That's not exactly how it looks as we enter 2023. We'll hear about some of last year's biggest stories in education. But first, some headlines. The Missouri General Assembly goes back to work today. Legislators have pre-filed some 550 bills. We won't know for a few weeks exactly what the governor and lawmakers' priorities will be, but there will be a few areas we can expect to see action on. They include legalizing sports betting, education, curriculum, teacher pay and school choice, public safety, and restrictions on transgender athletes. The Missouri congressional delegation added three new members yesterday. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum reports on how their expectations may be tempered by the partisan divisions in Congress. Eric Schmidt officially became Missouri's U.S. Senator on Tuesday, capping off a meticulous rise through the state's GOP hierarchy. Missouri's House delegation also welcomed two new members, Eric Burleson of Greene County and Mark Alford of Raymore. Since Democrats control the Senate and the GOP has a small majority in the House, University of Missouri-St. Louis political science professor Anita Mannion says Missouri's new members of Congress should temper their expectations. And with infighting within the party, it could be hard to even get things out of the House in that situation, sort of like we saw with the Democrats with the 50-50 Senate. Several of Missouri's GOP U.S. representatives could get committee chairmanships in the coming weeks. State lawmakers in Kansas will again try to bring medical marijuana to the state after attempts failed in recent years. Senator Rob Olson chairs a special committee that investigated the issue in advance of lawmakers returning to the state house next week. His plan will include strict regulations on things like who can grow medical marijuana. Um, the bill that I'm going to write, I think, is going to be fair to the state, very tight, very uh, regulatory. The restrictions could help attract more Republican support. It's not yet clear if that will be enough to win the support of Republican leaders. One Democratic lawmaker wanted the bill to include changes to criminal justice issues, including expunging past marijuana convictions. We'll be right back. You listen to this podcast every day because it's your KC Local Reliable News Source. You take us seriously. But you know, we like to get down and we want you to party with us. Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host, Ari Shapiro, is the featured guest at this party, and it's gonna be bumping. You gotta be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org slash radioactive. Kids around the metro are returning to class for a new semester after the holiday break, facing some of the same problems as last year. KCUR's Brian Ellison spoke with Kyle Palmer of the Shawnee Mission Post and Jody Fortino, our education reporter here at KCUR, about the biggest stories on the education beat in 2022 and what they're looking out for in 2023. For schools, the year 2022 marked a return to normalcy 
after the pandemic, or did it? Kyle Palmer, uh, is the new normal really so normal? Well, I think compared to the past two years, um, I think we can say that the, the news that the Shawnee Mission Post covered in Johnson County was um, decidedly more parochial, quaint even, if you want to put it that way. Um, for instance, one of the more controversial stories in Shawnee Mission this fall has been disagreement over some proposed new enrollment boundaries for one overcrowded elementary school. So that gives you a, a sense of how much of things have changed from you know last year when school board meetings were making national news. But as for those school board meetings, they're, they're notably more uh, stay-it and humdrum affairs. Um, which I think is probably how board members like it. There's very little talk about COVID-19 mitigation protocols. In fact, there aren't really many actual rules in place regarding that anymore in the schools that we cover. And I mean, there are signs that enrollment, which which took a big dip during the pandemic, is recovering. You know, Blue Valley recently reported that kindergarten enrollment this year was actually the largest in the district's history. And um, officials in that district predict that uh, their enrollment overall will be back to around pre-pandemic levels by the 24-25 the school years. So that's two school years from now. So and by, by a lot of metrics, yes, I think things have kind of returned to normal. And yet, normalness aside, Jody Fortino, uh, one of the challenges that schools seem to be facing across the metro uh, post-pandemic is having a hard time finding the staff they need to, to fill those schools so that they do feel normal. Exactly. And that's staffing from everything from teachers to, you know, cafeteria workers and especially bus drivers. So were you kind of started off the school year seeing different school districts take different approaches to incentivize teachers to come in, like raises, bonuses, you know, offering specific stuff for teachers who had retired. And kind of the big deal that's been happening now is the independent school district announced that it would be shifting to a four-day schedule. And they're really hoping that will attract and recruit teachers. And it's the biggest school district by far in Missouri to switch to that model because while 25% of schools started off the 2022 school year on that four-day week schedule, those are mostly rural and really small school districts compared to independents. So I wonder, Kyle, on the Kansas side, if we have seen sort of a, a similar drastic response to this new reality. There has not been a lot of talk of potentially moving to a four-day week in any of the districts that we cover. I will say, you know, what Jody said about staffing shortages and staffing issues, that has also also uh, bedeviled uh, the two big school districts that we cover, Blue Valley and Shawnee Mission. Uh, both those districts did have unusually high levels of teacher turnover coming into this year, you know, coming out of the pandemic years and, and really a lot of teachers voicing frustrations and um, sentiments that they you know, kind of felt under siege and attacked the last couple of years. By the start of the fall, you know, a lot of those full time teacher positions had managed to be filled. But even now, as we go into the 2023 calendar year, both districts have continued to struggle with filling non-teacher staff positions, positions like custodians, classroom aides, um, lunchroom workers. And as Jody mentioned, um, bus driver shortages have been a, a, a pretty big thorn in the side of district administrators in Johnson County as well. Both Blue Valley and Shawnee Mission have been cutting back on some bus routes because of those persistent driver shortages. And I will say also Shawnee Mission, too, is as um, twice this fall uh, raised pay for substitute teachers uh, to try to fill gaps for, for teachers um, who are absent. So in many ways, the district's still feeling that staffing crunch that I think can be attributed in part to the lingering effects of the pandemic. And yet it's felt like the headlines for 2022 did not necessarily focus on those day-to-day -day logistical issues of how you make school happen. They focused on hot-button 
cultural issues. Jody, remind us, what have been the, the big stories that have captured conversation in school boards and classrooms and, and that may well drive conversation in the year ahead? Like the previous year, we saw a lot of discussion going around books and books that were in libraries. I think the main one that's been happening since the summer in the independent school district was over a book that the school district removed that had a non-binary character. Since then, parents have been packing into school board meetings to protest it being removed. And it kind of follows this trend that we're seeing of books that specifically deal with or are written by people from the LGBTQ community being removed from libraries. And that kind of follows these fears by librarians as they've removed quite a few books from libraries in the Kansas City area because of a new Missouri law that would make it a crime for a librarian to share uh, explicit material with a student in a book. Kyle, last year we were talking about the effort to remove critical race theory, so-called, from classrooms. Uh, now uh, the focus does seem to have turned to LGBTQ issues, and particularly how schools handle the presence of transgender and non-binary students. Yeah, and I and I will say that the districts in Johnson County um, also kind of went through their own book kerfuffles last year. Uh, the Blue Valley School Board in the spring of 2022 actually had a special meeting and voted to keep two uh, LGBTQ memoirs on uh, school library shelves, though parents challenged those. And so this issue has also arisen in local school districts here as well, though I will say uh, there hasn't been such pressure from the state as maybe it seems to be in Missouri. And for the most part, the local districts that we've covered seem to have navigated through and avoided a lot of the the, the issues that we saw blowing up in 2021 when there were uh, school board seats on the ballot, which I think were driving a lot of the conversation um, and, and maybe a little bit of the hysteria around some of these issues. Jody, is that true on the Missouri side as well? Are we seeing this focus at the ballot box perhaps more sharply than in the day-to-day -day life of classrooms and teachers? I would have to agree. Those things that tend to come up, and especially conservatives running on that platform for school boards versus the things you hear about during the school year, which is kind of like how are we going to get kids to school when we don't have buses? And how are we going to get teachers in the classroom? Um, rather than these button issues, like we said, that kind of tend to pop up around when candidates are being elected to the school board. Electorally in 2022, uh, there was a decided shift in the conservative direction on the state board of education in Kansas, uh, redrawn districts for the state board made it easier for a couple of conservatives in rural parts of Kansas to win elections. And then a a conservative-leaning board member uh, representing a district in southern Johnson County also retained her seat. So it will be uh, notable going forward to see whether that changes the, the composition and the policy priorities of the State Board of Education and whether that, that bleeds down into school policies and conversations around some of these issues at the district level. Yeah, another another topic that came up and, and has come up in both states over the years, uh, but played out this year at Shawnee Mission North High School, Kyle, is the changing of the school mascot. Uh, which, of course, for many years uh, had been known as the Indians. Notably also, this is Shawnee Mission North's 100th anniversary year. It is the oldest public high school in Johnson County. And so they made this change, the district did, last spring. And so there was a whole process to change that, to retire the Indians mascot, and then um, allow the community, students, uh, staff, and families to you know, nominate new mascot names and then pick from a, a final list of names. And so now they are the Shawnee Mission North Bison. Uh, you go around that school, you know, all the signage has changed. The uniforms have changed. It's bison everywhere. And to be perfectly frank, it, 
it really has not been that big a topic of conversation since the change has occurred. Of course, there were there were all kinds of conversations during the debate to actually change the mascots and change district policy last spring, talking about history and, and heritage and what this would mean if the mascots were changed. Of course, North has been around for 100 years. And so like this has always been the way it is. And and honestly, since the name change itself, you know, it has not come up a lot. Students, family, staff largely seem to be moving on. You know, in fact, there was a big 100th anniversary homecoming in the fall where, you know, alumni from decades past came into town to celebrate. And it just was not a big point of contention or grievance that the the name had changed, that they weren't the Indians anymore. You did see a few, you know, shirts here and there with the old mascot logo and things like that. But it just, you know, we thought maybe with, you know, with old alumni coming in that, you know, that there might be, you know, some sort of, you know, voice of protest or something like that. And it just has seemed to kind of roll by. And, and now it is the Shawnee Mission North Bison. <laughs> well, I want to turn to the year ahead and ask both of you what education stories you think you'll be following, uh, what we'll be talking about uh, a year from now if we have this conversation again. Uh, and Jody, maybe this is an opportunity to talk about something that has been part of the past year as well. And that's the response to violence in schools in a year that saw the, the school shooting in Uvalde, Texas. What are you hearing under consideration for addressing that here in the metro? Well, in the 2022 school year, I guess this is kind of more on Kyle's side, the Shawnee Mission School District added wired controlled buttons for the door locks at the entrances of its elementary and middle schools. And then we saw Olathe install a system that lets staff call for emergencies by pressing a button on a wearable badge. Mm-hmm. So while Olathe School District said that happened before, you know, the shooting in March 2022 at Olathe East High School, I'm interested to see in the new year if we do see more school districts kind of, you know, investing money and really looking at different ways to keep their school districts safe. Another thing I'll definitely be following in the new year is Kansas City Public schools plan to close schools. Just a decade ago, they closed half of the schools in the district and saw sharp decline in enrollment. They're now looking at closing more schools as they face low enrollment in a lot of their more than 30 schools. And they're going to have a revised set of recommendations that they're going to consider in January. Certainly something to watch. Kyle, what will you be watching in the year ahead? Well, not just the year ahead, but a few years ahead as well will be worth watching how Johnson County districts prepare for and navigate the implementation of a new um, controversial open enrollment law in the state of Kansas that is set to go into effect in the summer of 2024. That's two school years from now. This law will allow students to transfer and attend any school in the state, regardless of where they live. And this law, when it was being debated in the state legislature, was strenuously opposed by some local districts, most notably the superintendent of Blue Valley, uh, called it a logistical nightmare for districts when she was giving testimony to a, a House committee. Logistics of trying to enroll and keep track of students who might be coming in and, and also leaving um, from beyond their enrollment boundaries also just made the point that it could it place extra burden on a district like Blue Valley that could potentially be a popular destination for families given its reputation as a as a very high performing district without the accompanying bump in tax revenue from those families who do not live in the district. So. Uh, That will be something to see because that's been a a pet cause of a lot of conservatives in the state legislature, but uh, definitely opposed by local district officials and teachers on the ground. That's Kyle Palmer, editor of the Shawnee Mission Post, and Jody Fortino, who covers education for KCUR. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Laura Ziegler, filling in for Nomeen Ujiyadeen. This podcast was produced by Byron Love and Trevor Grandin and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. You can find more stories from our newsroom at kcur.org, where you can also find our live stream. If you like Kansas City Today, help us out by sharing the show with your friends 
or leaving us a review on your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening. Come back in the fifth day of this new year. That's tomorrow. See you then.